of the judgment that God was getting ready to put Israel through. <clears throat> so here is prophecy again being foretold in the earlier chapters with Elijah. <clears throat> now, so what we're going to do is we're going to jump right into verse number one. We're going to read a couple verses, go from verse to verse and just go from there. <clears throat> so let's begin reading in verse number one of first, second Kings seven, nine Bible says, and Elisha, the prophet, uh, called one of the children of, of the prophets and said unto him, gird up thy loins and take this box of oil in thy hand and go to Ramoth Gilead. And when thou comest thither, look out where Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi, and go in and make him arise from among his brethren and carry him to an inner chamber. Then take the box of oil and pour it on his head, on his head, and say, Thus saith the Lord, I have anointed the king over Israel, then open the door and flee and tarry not. Now, he gives him some very, very important instructions. Now, we're going to stop there. We're going to cover the first two points, and then we'll go forward. But I just want you to... Just want you to think about this for just a moment as we get ready. Number one, the moment of anointing. Now, as we look at this, I want you to know this moment was a moment that had been postponed. This was a moment that had been postponed because uh, if you go back into the text, go back when Elijah was given the instruction that to tell Elisha, this is what you're going to do, Elisha. You're going to anoint Jehu to be king. You're going to, uh, you're, and, uh, and then last week he said, that guy's going to be king. I, my mind just went blank on his name. He said, he's going to be king. And then you're going to take, you're going to become the prophet of the Lord. Well, <clears throat> what stayed that, what caused that not to happen during Elijah's time was because Ahab came back um, and, and got right with God. He had a moment of truth, a moment of, of Hey, God, I need to get things right with you. And he got right with God, and God stayed the judgment that was coming to Israel. Now, the reason God placed Jehu into position uh, in the northern kingdom was because of what he would do to the southern kingdom, which was Israel. At this time period, Israel was split into two different kingdoms. Now it's one, one country, but at this point there were two different... Basically, it was one country, but it was split into two different kingdoms, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And God placed an evil king in the northern kingdom to destroy the sons of, uh, of Ahab because of how wicked he was. Now, the judgment of God, and, and this is to be true as well, know this, that sometimes God places evil kings, evil rulers for the judgment of God's people. Yeah. Right. And we may not be, look, we may not be the ones that committed the sin, but we may be the one, we will be the ones that receive the judgment. Because the sons of Ahab, it wasn't the son's fault that Ahab was wicked. And it wasn't the son's fault 
that uh, his mama, Jezebel, was a, was, a wicked, was a wicked woman as well. It was not their fault that their mom and daddy were wicked, but God punished them because of the judgment of their daddy. And the Bible talks about the sins of your fathers. We deal with judgment today, not because necessarily of our sin, but sometimes it's because of those that the sin around us. You go look at the story of Achan in the Old Testament. Achan was killed because of his sin, but not only was he killed, but the rest of his family was killed because of one man's sin. So this sin that took place, the anointing for Jehu to be king came, this moment came, it was a postponed moment because of Ahab's getting right, but it was a judgment that was getting ready to take place. Jehu became the longest tenured king in the northern kingdom. He was king for 28 years, and he reigned terror on Israel. That was the judgment that God gave them. Not only, we talked about that last week too, the judgment God gave Israel was that Syria got a new king, and Syria's king was going to reign judgment on Israel as well, the southern kingdom. Because, you want to know why? You want to know why God gave judgment to them? Israelis were worshiping idols. They wouldn't listen to it. They wouldn't stop worshiping Baal. That's right. They wouldn't stop worshiping idols. God said, I'm done. You are getting punished. Don't think for just a moment that God doesn't punish God's people when they do things they ought not to do. Oh, yeah. And it's prolonged. This moment of anointing took place... Um, it was a postponed moment. It was a, it was a judgment. Look, um, if you want to turn with me, keep your finger in first and second Kings. But if you want to turn with me, you're welcome to uh, second first Kings chapter 28. No. First Kings chapter 21. <laughs> There's not a first Kings 28. First Kings chapter 21. You might be looking hard. You might be looking in the wrong Bible if you're looking for t- 28. All right. 21 verse 29. Seest thou how Ahab humbleth himself before me? Because he humbleth himself before me, I will not bring evil in his days. But in his son's days, I will bring evil upon his house. God's promise, because Ahab made things right, he humbled himself before the Lord. God was not going to do it during his lifetime. But he would do it to his son. So we see the moment of anointing. Number two, we see the messenger of the anointing. Look at that in the same text. Who does Elisha send? Who does Elisha send to go tell this uh, king that he, or Jehu, that he's going to be king? Elisha doesn't do it. Elisha doesn't go down there himself. He sends one of his guys. Look in verse number one. And Elisha, the prophet, called one of the children of the prophet. So who did he, who did he send? He sent one of the sons, uh, you know, as we've read in the text where he's gone to different places and they're sons of the prophets, people that, men of God that were studying to be preachers, he sent one of their kids to go tell Jehu. Can you imagine? Can you imagine having that load on you? So here it is. Here it is, Brother Blanky. Uh, can you imagine God, uh, Elisha coming to you and saying, here, here's a box mm-hmm. of oil. Now go, go anoint him to be king. He's a wicked guy. He's going to do damage to 
to the southern kingdom, but you, you go anoint him to be king. Huh? I, I, I might even be a little bit scared. Especially after we read in, uh, what happens next, you know. We're not got there yet, but I mean, you know, but, but he gets the instruction. He gets all of the instruction before he leaves. What are you going to tell him? And he's going to tell him what to do. He's going to tell him that he's supposed to kill all of Ahab's children. That's what he tells him. That's what the prophet of the Lord tells uh, King Jehu, or what soon to be King Jehu, because of the judgment of God. You say, well, I don't even understand why God would rain judgment on his people. The reason he rains judgment on his people, why did he choose Jehu to do evil to his people? He chose Jehu to do evil to his people because the people of God refused and refused and refused and refused. They knew what was right and still refused to do right. He gave them time and time again to do right. During the whole prophet, prophet Elijah's time, during Elisha's time, he, they had a chance to the right. Did they have? They look, and not only that, but the Bible says that there were, in, in Elijah's time, there were 7,000, 7,000 who had never bowed the knee to Baal. Never. So not only was it not just one preacher, it was thousands of people who stood for right and stood for the truth and the people of God still would not repent and stop. So God says, I've had enough. God is long-suffering. And I'm going to tell you this as well. You know why? Do you know why he has not returned? Do you know why he has not returned in the sky to take his children home? Because of long-suffering. There is not one prophecy left to be fulfilled for him to come back. Not one. So why would he tarry his coming? The same reason... To get right. Let the people get right. Yes. I believe... That the tarrying in his coming is because of Christians who are still living right. That's right. And there's still some people to be saved. That's right. Makes our job very important. Our job as the messenger. What did he do? He had a job. He had a job. But you'll see, look in verse number 15, this messenger's job was a secret. And that's why Elisha didn't go. Look in verse 15. And it, said, and it came to pass on, on the morrow that he took a thick cloth and dipped it in water. And Oh, uh, I'm, okay, uh, I'm in the wrong chapter. Look, <clears throat> verse 15. You guys were trying to figure out where I was at. But King Jehoram was returned to be herald in Jezreel, of the wounds which the Syrians had given him when he fought with Hazel, king of Syria. And Jehu said, If it be your minds, then let none go forth nor escape out of the city to go tell it to Jezreel. Do you know what he just told him? He said, Don't let it out of the city that I'm the king. Because you know as well as I do, Elisha comes into town, everybody knows that Elisha is coming to town. 
Well, let's send the little messenger boy. No one even knows who he is. No one will even recognize that he's even in town. And he can go straight in there and talk to the king. And you will notice in that, in that third verse, he asked him to go to the bedchamber. He asked him to go to his room. He was asking him to close the door so that nobody knew what was taking place. There was a coup going on. And the prophet Elisha was behind it. I'm sorry. God was behind it. He was following the instructions of God to place judgment on the children of Israel. That scares me, to, to be honest with you. you know what, do you know why that scares me? Because that means I'm not above judgment. And neither are you. You're a child of God. I do what I want to do. Be what I want to be. Go where I want to go. Live where I want to live. Go ahead. And the day will come when judgment will fall on God's people. Well, they're God's people. It should never, nothing bad should ever happen to them. You say, if something bad happened to me, does that mean God's judgment is on us? No, that's not what that means. Sometimes bad things happen. Sometimes bad things happen, and it is judgment. But this place, that this time, it was judgment of God. But it was a secret. It was something that wasn't supposed to be told to everybody at that time. Keep it in the camp. The placement of it. He called Hey, one of the children, the priority, the Bible says that he called him and he put and he pulled up his loins, he girded up his loins, and he immediately went. He said, Take the box. He prepared it. He had a specific place. He said, Go down to Ramoth and Gilead. And this young man, he got the box, he put on his he put on his breeches, and he went down there to tell the new guy that he was going to be king. Not only did it says it, look in verse number two, the Bible says, when thou comest thither, look out there. Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, you had to go find him. He had to be persistent about looking for him. The messenger had to be persistent. He had a priority. He had a place. He had to prepare. It was private. But then there was power. You say, what was the power? Look in verse number three. Then take the box of... What? Oil. Take the box of oil. Pour it on his head and say what? What was he supposed to proclaim? Thus saith the Lord. Where, what was the power in? Was the power in the oil? The power wasn't in the oil. The power was in thus saith the Lord. That messenger went down there to tell him a message from God. Look, <clears throat> I don't even know... Yeah, I, to be honest with you, I don't know that he completely understood the message. Why in the world would you anoint somebody to be king and he's fixing to come kill everybody? Because the Lord said it. I know. <laughs> but sometimes God says things and we're like, yeah, I don't know that I agree with that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he means it. So what you're saying is whether you agree with it or not, or whether you think it's cool or not, or whether you think, ah, I don't know what that, we ought to do it? Yes, we should, because we don't know what, what 
What's behind? We were not smart. If the Lord says it, we need to what? Do it. We don't. Do you know what? To be often, to be honest with you, there's probably more often than not. Well, that's not what that verse means. I've heard hundreds. I shouldn't say millions. I've heard hundreds of people say that. Well, that's not what that verse means. That's what it means. That's what it means. Is that what he meant? That's exactly what he meant. He said, "Go down there, and you tell him thus." saith the Lord. And not only this, but you will see something in this and in, in, in the messenger's uh, gift to uh, Jehu, the respect of Jehu. Jehu was wicked. Jehu was evil. But he respected that statement right there. Thus saith the Lord enough. He said, okay, what do I need to do? Enough respect. For that, a lot of people are Christians and go to church every Sunday and have no respect for God's Word. God's Word stays where we never even pick it up all week, you know? The respect that we have for it. Whatever. Dust on the Bible, you know? Uh, dust it off to bring it to church on Wednesday night. Dust it off to bring it to church on Sunday. And dust it off to bring it to church on Wednesday night. You know? I mean, it, should we... Should we respect God's word more than that? Yes. yes. How do we respect it? By obeying. By reading it. That's right. Reading and obeying what, he written, what we read. <clears throat> I don't know about you, but I, I, I like to eat more than three meals a week. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> How many guys like to eat more than three meals a week? Shoot. I'm, I like three meals a day. <laughs> more. <laughs> But if we don't get our Bibles open and we don't read them, but just when we come to church, how many meals we get? Spiritually. That's if you come, that's if you come three services a week. Maybe if you come four services a week, you get four meals a week. But is that enough? No. So what do we need to do? We need to eat. We need to eat. What's what's eating? Bible says, as babes desire the sincere milk of the word of God. The Bible is our milk, our meat, how we survive. You say, how'd you get on that? Because it says, hey, he had, I mean, it teaches us that he had respect for the Bible. A lot of times Christians, well, psh. seriously, do we respect it like we ought to? I mean, <clears throat> How we carry it, where we put it, where do you keep it? You have to go find it when it's time for church. <laughs> I don't even remember where I put it at last. Right? I know things are a lot different. I, and things can be a lot different today, especially with a mobile device. You You can have it. On your phone. So sometimes people don't read their physical Bible and they have multiple Bibles. I, I, it's, it's ridiculous. I have like seven Bibles and I don't read all of seven of them every day, you know. I mean, I just have one that I read, one that I study out of, and one that I preach out of. <clears throat> but as a Christian, we ought to respect the Bible enough to use it. 
Anybody have any thoughts? Anybody have any questions before we move on? Go ahead. You want to say it? That's yeah. fine. Well, you know, preacher, the God's chosen people were the groups of the special people also. That's right. We're peculiar people. That's what the Bible says. That's right. We're just like they are. Amen. They were. And, you know, because we don't obey God's word. Uh, and even God, when God created Adam and Eve, you know, they didn't, they didn't listen to what God said. That's right. That's right. It's not, it, went back, it goes all the way back to in, in the Garden of Eden. That's where the disobeying of God started. That's right. And, uh, and it's still going on today. It still goes on today. That's right. Yes. That's right. You know, God gave specific instructions then, and he's given us specific instructions today. That's right. And we don't do it. That's right. That's right. So whose fault is it? Well, a lot of people would say the devil made me do it. Yeah. But it's our fault. That's right. That's right. And, and think about this as well. I mean, going back all the way to Genesis, but you and I reap um, the judgment of God because of Adam and Eve. You say, what do you mean? Every one of us are destined to hell because of Adam and Eve. If Adam and Eve, if Adam, sorry, if Adam doesn't partake of that fruit, we don't receive the judgment of God. You say, how is that possible? Romans 5.12 says, for as by one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin for death was cast upon all men for that all have sinned. Why am I a sinner? Because of Adam. Why do I have judgment? Why will I face judgment if I don't get right with God? Because of Adam. But I'm going to tell you this. The reason I sin is not because of Adam. I have a sin nature because of Adam, but the reason I do wrong is because Trenton chooses to do wrong. Amen. There are a lot of times I choose to do wrong on purpose. There are a lot of times I, I, I do wrong uh, uh, because I don't know necessarily that it is wrong. But it's still sin. All right. Anybody else? Yeah. Yes, sir. Just human nature. We don't like being told what to do. We yeah. Think we uh, we can take care of it ourselves. We're smart. We're not though. We're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> We're dumb as a stump. We're not smart enough to control our own life. God is though. Yeah. And He gives us rules in the Bible. He gives us laws to abide by and to obey. Do we obey it? No. Because we think we know better. Yeah. We don't. Yeah. But we think we do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We think we know better than obey. Ah, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to do that. I know better. I don't like being told what to do. Right. I right. just don't like being told what to do. You know? How many, isn't that human nature? I mean, I don't like to be told what to do. Well, I know. Do you? Yeah. I just don't like being told what to do. That's and it. that's what gets us in trouble. But but it but it takes us to be submissive, mm -hmm. us to learn how to obey, mm -hmm. because God created this world, did He? And God has a will for us, right? That's right. And if we don't submit to His perfect will, where are we at? 
we're out of his will. That's right. That's not a good place to be. And it's not a good place to be. But as a Christian, think about, I mean, even, even as we're, we're still on that track of thus saith the Lord, because the Bible is true, and the Bible is sure, and the Bible is forever. And so you say, well, if the Bible has no errors, and the Bible is 100% correct, so what the Bible says ought to stand regardless of what man's opinion is or what the laws of the, of the government say, and regardless of what anything else may do, the Bible is true. Yes or no? That's it. And if it's not, look, if it's not true, and if it's not sure, and if it's not correct, and if it's not 100% accurate, then we ought, honestly, we ought to just hang up our bags and go to the house. There is absolutely no, no point of worshiping a, a, a perfect God that can't give us a perfect Bible. That's right. That's right. Perfect word? It is a perfect word. It's a perfect Bible. If it's a perfect word, we ought to have no problems following it, right? Right. But we have uh, this, this thing about us, human nature. It's human nature. We don't nature. like being told what to do. We think we know better. It is true. But so much, so if you know that you don't like to be told what to do, uh-huh. so what do you need to do? I need to be told what to do. I need to obey. You need to, you need to learn to submit. You need to ask God to help you to submit. There's areas of your life, look, some people may not struggle with being told what to do. They, li- they like to be told what to do. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. You like to be told Man. what to do, Derek? And they'll only do what they're told to do. And they're only they're only told and they're only do what they're told to do. I mean, do you like to be told what to do? You don't mind. Only from Shana, right? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I didn't mean to cause a rift. Okay, I'll shut up. Okay. Look. Ultimately, your area that God works on you, or your area that you are a failure at, you need to work on. Because every one of us are different. Some people may not struggle with being told what to do. Some people may not struggle with reading their Bible. Some people may not struggle with prayer. But there is something that each and every one of us do struggle with. Amen. With that statement, thus saith the Lord. Yes. God said it. It doesn't matter. So do it. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But... Your opinion doesn't count. It's it doesn't. Nice. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. But that's where we've got to examine ourselves and say, what is it that I struggle with? What is it that I need to work on? Because every one of us are different. Look, it is five till eight, and I didn't get but through three verses. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty big discussion we got here. <laughs> stay on topic. Good. I did stay on topic. But as you, I guess we'll, we'll close. In just a few minutes. Okay. You guys are like, yes, let's go home. Um, well, yeah, we'll start right there next week. But as you look at this, maybe you can read ahead and see what the, what the message is. Okay, because we've seen the messenger. But if you look, if you look. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> Sneak ahead and see what the messenger had to say. But anyways, so as you look at this. How important it is for us to listen to thus saith the Lord. It's convicting to me. I hope 
and I would think that it might would be convicting to you as well. Do I always do what I ought to do? Paul says the things, and I'm not going to quote it right, so the things that I ought to do, I don't. And the things that I shouldn't do, I do. Isn't that us? So what are those things I shouldn't do? We ought to work on. Pray God to help us have a victory over it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Many times we, we think and we look at things uh, and uh, we say, well, this guy's out there doing this and this guy's out there doing this and we're, we should be looking at ourselves. Bible says, remove, get, the, you know, get, get the beam out of our own eye. Quit looking at someone else's backyard. Every morning as you go to work or as you go out your day, you look in a mirror, right? And make sure that something doesn't need to be adjusted, right? I don't have to worry too much with hair, okay? I used to, but not no more. Now I have to worry about just the sides of my hair sticking up. But, but you know what? Not the top. But you know what? Every morning I look in the mirror to make sure that my hair's okay and my, my beard is all right. Why? Vanity. Vanity. Because I want to make sure that I look decent going out the door, right? Yeah. I don't want to look like some guy that woke up out of bed and I've got this hair sticking up over here. and I don't want to look like that. Yeah. But as a Christian, every day you need to look in the mirror. That's right. And every day you need to examine where you are and say, today is a brand new day. What do I need to change? What do I need to examine? You need to get out the mirror and look at it every day. Why? Because of thus saith the Lord. All right. Any questions or any thoughts before we close? Amen. Praise the Lord. Okay. Let's close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for letting us join together this evening. I pray that...